Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Beatles fans, and welcome back. This is episode 25 of I Saw the Beatles. This week, we have a guest who, well, he didn't see the Beatles, but he knows a lot of people who did. In fact, he got in touch with, I believe it was 40 people, and wrote a book about their experiences. His name is Gary Berman. Welcome, Gary, to the show. How are you today? Thank you. I'm fine. It's an honor to be on the show. Thanks. It's great having you. So your book is called We're Going to See the Beatles, an oral history of Beatlemania as told by the fans who were there. What year did this book come out? It was the year we met, in fact. Yeah, uh, 2008. Yeah, I believe we met. You were promoting the book at the time? Correct, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I turned to him and said, boy, I wish I had a publicist to help me promote this book. <laughs> <laughs> and in walks a publicist. Huh? Um, like yeah, I, I was, yeah, I was there to there. They were having an event at a Beatle themed restaurant in New Jersey one day back in 2008. And uh, there was a couple authors there. And and that's where Gary and I met. Um, so, Gary, back in 2008, you wrote this book. It was brought out by what what was the um publisher who published it's a Santa Monica press okay and tell me the story behind what made you write this book well i'm a lifelong beatles fan so uh i guess that gave me a little head start i mean even i hear stories from the family that even barely before i could speak i was singing beatles songs so, having established that, I was a lifelong fan, and I read countless books about the Beatles and watched the documentaries and the concerts and, and all the rest of it. And uh, at some point, I decided how I'd love to write my own book about the Beatles. But knowing that there have been hundreds and hundreds of them already written, but what could I possibly do that hasn't been done before countless times? And I thought about it and realized, well, I don't really have the budget to fly to London and Liverpool all the time to track down people who knew them or anything like that. I thought, what can I do from right here that could be a reasonably well-received contribution to all of the other books about them? And that led to the idea of interviewing people who had seen them Uh, or who got swept up in Beatlemania as teenagers back in the early and mid-60s, just ordinary people who were fans at the time. And then that led to me trying to track down people uh, either online, in different Beatle chat groups, or however means I was using at the time. And uh, bit by bit, I managed to find them, and they agreed to speak with me and, and have me interview them. And that uh, became, uh, we're going to see the Beatles. And how many people total? Yeah, you're right. There are about 40 people from all over the country. Um, 
most of them I interviewed on the phone and uh, one or two by email. And uh, they had a great time going down memory lane and telling me all about uh, what it was like at the time for them, either going to their concerts or having Beatle parties in their basements or uh, trying to meet them at airports or train stations or uh, at the hotels they were staying in. So I got a great variety of stories from uh, all of them. Great. Is, is there any stories that stand stand out to you? Uh, yeah, well, there, there are a lot of them, actually. But uh, just uh, a little thumbnail sketch. One uh, person was telling me about how uh, when the Beatles were first staying at the Plaza Hotel in New York during their first visit, how uh, she and her friends were desperate to try to sneak into the Plaza to somehow get as close to them as they could. And uh, they uh, tried a few times, couldn't really come up with anything that would help, and then they were walking down one of the side streets by the plaza, and they saw a parked car with some hotel-made uniforms in the back seat. And they, quote, borrowed them and <laughs> put them on and, and knocked at the one of these side service entrances to the hotel to try to get in. But the guard was wise to them and they didn't get very far but they were willing to 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 go that far at least just to get themselves into the hotel and uh, another uh, person I interviewed talked about uh, when Hard Day's Night was close to coming out in the theaters how she and her friends camped outside the theater overnight with snacks and sleeping bags and uh, that was just to get the tickets to the movie that wasn't even just to see the movie itself that's how popular the idea of just getting the tickets to see the movie was at the time so yeah to me that's, that's, that's pretty dedication. Like, yeah it is dedication it's like you know we we could we could uh relate it now to the like the star wars fans you know that right, are doing right. that you know, um, that, that end up doing that in what the seventies and eighties, I guess it was with star yeah. Wars. No. Um, but it's just, to me that those stories are always amazing because I think of the sixties and, you know, I'm surprised people would let their young, young girls do that. Uh, camp out. But you're, you're, <laughs> I'm you're, changed, yeah. yeah, but you're, um, but your book isn't, isn't just women. You have, Quite a few men, don't you? Yeah, there are a few. I mean, it is sort of a lopsided ratio, but I think that's kind of reflects uh, what it was at the time. Uh, but there were some uh, some guys I interviewed who, back at the time, and the guys were interested in the Beatles for a whole different set of reasons than the girls were, of course. And what the guys saw in the Beatles was just the excitement of, starting some kind of group or musical group or something that would, of course, attract the girls. So mm -hmm. the guys would start combing their hair the way the Beatles were and maybe started taking guitar lessons and uh, whatever they could to emulate the Beatles because it was obvious to them what what the girls were fascinated with at the time. So that was sort of – and a musical, uh, of course, was – a part of it. I mean, there were guys who did like the Beatles just as much as the girls did, uh, but they had a different motivation, I, I would say, at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Now, when I interview people about 
you know, seeing the Beatles, I always find, I, I always get a thrill out of it. I get a, I get a real kick out of it. I mean, I've gone into some of these, you know, interviews where, you know, it's just a so-so day and I'm, I'm not at the top of my game and, you know, I have this interview to do, but I always come out of these interviews with a smile on my face. Did these stories like give you a little boost? I mean, to, since you, you did, you yourself did not get to see the Beatles, you know, did it, did it help you to, to understand and feel that thrill at all? Uh, yeah, because, um, some people might think, well, those stories were all the same because everyone talks about being at the stadium and not being able to hear the music because the screams were so loud and all that. But uh, the stories that, that they were telling me, they did vary in different ways. And But the cumulative effect was exciting just to see that this was not, uh, as we know now, a flash-in-the-pan kind of thing. Uh, and uh, they also contributed uh, a lot of photographs that they had taken of themselves at that time. So Mm -hmm. in the book, for instance, there are pictures of them in the stands at Beatle concerts or sitting with their collection. So it it brings a more personal connection to the whole thing. And so I could see as well as hear what it meant to them at the time. So it's kind of living vicariously a bit through their experiences. And they mm-hmm. were all very happy to uh, tell me about them and to uh, you know, sort of maybe dig up some memories that they hadn't even been thinking about for a number of years, too. Mm-hmm. Now, your book isn't just – you don't just, like, have one person's whole story and then go on to another person's story. Talk about how, how your book is set up, your stories. Right. Well, I decided to do it all in chronological order, which is, I guess, the way my mind is just wired. Every All of the books I've done, I've tried to get in as precise chronological order as I could. So as I gathered all of these interviews and typed them up and transcribed them, and I just sort of had to start sorting through all of them. And uh, so I began at the beginning when with the question when did you first hear about the beatles when were you first even aware of them and i'd gather up their stories about maybe hearing i want to hold your hand on the radio for the first time or seeing them uh on some quick news story uh, on tv for the first time so i just pieced everything together and arranged them so the whole story begins with the, the very germs of of well, that's not a good thing to say these days. <laughs> the very seeds <laughs> of uh, Beatlemania, and then when they, when the news came that they were going to visit America and be on the Ed Sullivan Show, and uh, so I just pieced together everyone's version of what they were going through at that time. So you get from beginning all the way through their touring years and then after they stopped touring to concentrate on the studio albums and right up to the breakup and maybe a little beyond the breakup mm-hmm. uh, so they are in effect telling the story of the Beatles I'm just providing sort of the links between one person and the next and maybe a little bit of narrative or setting the stage for the next the next event and the date of each concert as we go along now so, you, you, I believe a couple of your uh, your fans that you interviewed had pen pals in Liverpool. Is that true? 
Yeah, some of them told me that at the time, it was a common thing in some, I guess, middle schools, or not sure what grades they were, I guess middle school, maybe even high school, for uh, certain schools to set up uh, sister schools or or companion schools in different countries or different parts of maybe England, I guess, was easiest because it was the same language. So they were telling me how they had either a pen pal in Liverpool or in London and would get very early reports on the Beatles, even before they were very well known at all in America. So they got a bit of a head start on the rest of us. And um, so it was interesting to hear uh, how far back it could go uh, before even the first uh, singles were released here. And mm -hmm. uh, so they were just in sort of in the right place at the right time or, or corresponding with the right people at the right time. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, you know, this now opens the door to our next topic, which you and another writer by the name of Kelly Marie Thompson wrote a book just a couple years ago. What year was that? 2015, yes, um, hmm, I think? Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. I could be off uh, by a year or two. <laughs> and it's called From Me to You, and it's a novel. And it's about two people who are pen pals, one in Liverpool and one in the U.S. And Correct. A lot of it is a. It's called from me to you. So a lot of it is, you know. Well, why don't you why don't you tell the story about the book and tell us, you know, was this was okay. this inspired by some of the stories you heard from, you know, your fans when yeah. you wrote your first book? Yeah, partly. Uh, Kelly's a big Beatles fan too, and we uh, we had written some uh, quite a bit uh, together, totally via email. We would just attach mm -hmm. things I guess we, whether. Uh, they we need to talk. Or, where was we need to say where Kelly's from? First. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Kelly's in the north, northern England, right, uh, not too far from uh, Newcastle. Which okay, is I just, just wanted to clarify uh, that because it makes it, it yes. makes it, you know, the whole point that this is someone right. who you hadn't really met. You you hadn't met in no. person when you wrote this book. Yeah, I think we had met once when she was visiting New York. We met. We arranged to meet in Times Square. Mm -hmm. And that was a, a lot of fun. But uh, we would uh, exchange ideas about, well, what's the next thing we'd like to write together and where should it take place? Should it take place in England, which, of course, she's familiar with life in England, or mm -hmm. in the U.S., because that's where I am. And somewhere how we hit upon the idea, well, maybe we can do both. Let's have one character in England and one in the U.S., and they know each other, because they're pen pals. And the character who lives in Liverpool, a teenage girl lives in Liverpool, has been telling the teenage boy in New Jersey about this group that she's been following for the longest time in Liverpool, going to see them at the cavern. And so their correspondence began based on their mutual interest in the Beatles. Uh, but then in the story, their friendship sort of blossoms and turns into something much more than just a correspondence. But uh, we also decided not to make it fan fiction in that we were not 
writing a story that involved the Beatles. In other words, we didn't want to have this contrived way of having our fictional characters talk to the Beatles or run into them in a, in a newsstand or something. Uh, we wanted mm-hmm. to keep the Beatles a very strong presence, but in the background. But our characters were living their lives on each side of the Atlantic around the Beatles. Uh, and so we had them going to some of the concerts and um, watching them on TV and telling each other about their experiences uh, doing that. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of Beatles in the book. It's just not about the Beatles per se. Mm-hmm. But we, uh, we like it. We think it's <laughs> entertaining. Oh, yeah, I read, it. I read it. It's adorable. <laughs> it's, adorable. it's a coming-of-age story. It, it It would be great for anybody, you know, it's it's clean. It's you know it's 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 you know for preteens, you know, young adults, all the way up to adults would enjoy it, and everything. Um, and you and you and Kelly did a great job with it um, for letting us know about you know all the fans that are out there that who who have actually seen the Beatles and, you know, another way to, if you enjoy listening to this podcast and hearing the stories uh, from the fans who were there, uh, you might want to take a look at Gary's book. It's available at, uh, you know, online bookstores everywhere. Um, Again, it's called, we're going to see the Beatles, an oral history of Beatlemania as told by the fans who were there. And it's written by, our guest, Gary Berman, Gary with two R's in it. You need to get that right. And uh, look it up and uh, pick yourself up a copy of it. I think you'll really enjoy living through these people's stories. A couple of them have actually been on the show. So thank you so much, Gary, for telling us. My about, pleasure. About your living vicariously through the peoples who oh, got to see the Beatles. Once again, yeah. thank you, fans, for for listening in. And join us next week for another episode of I Saw the Beatles. <laughs>